And welcome back to the Yes Longevity Podcast, where we give you information on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. I hope everyone is able to get outdoors over this last past weekend, beautiful Memorial Day weekend, three days of gorgeous weather in Connecticut, only to come back to work to a rainy Tuesday. What else is new? So we have a little bit of housekeeping to do. First, um, this Saturday kicks off the Summer Sizzler. You're looking to get that body back into a little bit of shape for the summer. Get those clothes from last summer to fit a little better. That's the way to do it. We've got a 30-day challenge going. Give us a call. Stop by. Message us. Start Saturday. Get only a few spots left. So get on board if you're looking to make a change in body. Second, we've got a few days left to our... Um, promotion where you can exercise for the summer free give us a referral the referral comes on board and you get to exercise for the summer free and it doesn't have to be the summer you can use those months any time before the end of 2019 so help a friend help somebody out help them to make a change in their lives just like you know you've been able to make a change in your life and uh, bring send them on down to us and those are our two housekeeping items for today so what I wanted to do today was I often get asked how I got started in this journey of longevity and fitness. So I thought I would give you my story, how it all started, how it began, and what planted the seeds where in my mind. So let's start with that. It starts way back, way, way, way back. In 1969, I was 10 years old. And I lived in Brewster, New York, way up on Brewster Heights. We lived in a small cape. And my bedroom was right off the kitchen. And I was in bed. We went to bed early at night. We went to bed at 7 o'clock so my parents could have time for themselves, which was, you know, kind of early because my friends are still outside playing. It's light out, especially in the summertime. And I'm in bed trying to fall asleep, which was always a challenge. I wasn't very good going to sleep. So this night was no different than any other night. We'd been laying in bed, tossing and turning for a while, and the phone rang, which was very unusual because my dad had a very strict rule, no phone calls after 9 o'clock. So it kind of piqued my interest here a little bit. Why was the phone ringing uh, after I had gone to bed? And I kind of listened. I could hear my mom talking on the phone, but I really couldn't make out what she was saying. And a few minutes later, I thought I heard somebody crying. I heard some whimpering and some crying. So <clears throat> I kind of snuck out of bed, poked my head around the corner, and I could see my dad with his head down on the kitchen table. His head was in his crossed arms. He was crying, sobbing like a baby. And I went, what the heck's going on here? My mom was crying. My mom was standing over him, rubbing his shoulders, trying to console him, and... I got scared. I got this big knot in my stomach. Uh, I was scared, like, what was going on? Why would my dad be crying? Here's my idol, my dad, this big, strong guy with his head down on the table crying. It's, it's the only time I ever saw my dad, my dad cry. So, uh, you know, me being scared, I started to cry. And, you know, my mom could hear me, and she came down the hall and, you know, got me back into bed and said, hey, don't worry about it. Nothing's going on. Everything's okay. We'll talk about it tomorrow. So... I got back into bed and 
you know, they went into the other room, so I couldn't hear what was going on anymore. And, you know, needless to say, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep that night. But I was scared. You know, why would my dad be crying? Well, the next day, I found out that his brother, my Uncle Jimmy, died of a heart attack at 46 years old. So my dad was super upset over that. Again, I only time I ever saw my dad cry. And I was set, upset over it. And, you know, 46 years old is, is not old. But he had died from a heart attack. I know that he had struggled with um, diabetes and that he had had his first heart attack at 36 years old. 36 years old, first heart attack. I mean, that's scary. Even for a 10-year-old, that's scary. I'm thinking if he passed away, you know, could my dad die? And this night, come to find out, left a very lasting impression on me. I didn't know it at the time. But even at an early age, I started thinking about just sad cry. So, am I still on? Yeah. All right, because I'm saying I get a, a, a lousy signal here, but I will continue. I'm back. Okay, it looks like I'm back. Apologize for the break up here. Whenever there's bad weather in Burlington, the Comcast, their fantastic service gives out. Am I on? It's telling me to end my broadcast. Yes. Poor wireless connection. Your video has been paused. Consider moving to a better signal or find or end the broadcast. Because it's continuing to spin. It's going now? All right. Again, I apologize. Bad weather in Burlington. A little bit of rain. And, you know, Comcast goes out. So we're going to jump forward. Um, fast forward to I'm 34 years old now. I've been married a little over two years to my lovely wife, Pat. We have one daughter, Paige. Paige was a little over a year old. And we had found out that my father-in-law had cancer. And that it was pretty aggressive. And as it turns out, he would pass away on August 28th of that year. August 28th. 1993. Obviously, my wife is very upset losing her dad at such a young age. He was only 48 years old. 48 years old. So I did what I could to console her. You know, I had a, a real empty feeling in my stomach not being able to help her through this. Just whatever I could possibly do, just console her. But it, it, it kind of leaves a bad, bad feeling and taste in your mouth when parent when you lose a parent at any age but certainly at a young age it was a really tough time for us so now I would have two family members that I knew pass away at a very young age my uncle passed away 46 now my father-in-law 48 and certainly uh, that was in the back of my mind so we're gonna jump one year later we're gonna go to August 28th of 1994 one year later, um, my daughter Paige, and now I have my first son, Max. 
He was about six months old. He was born in March. Pardon me, he was born in June, so he's three months old. And my wife was up at the graveyard visiting her dad's um, burial site when I got a phone call. And it had to be my sister, Wendy. She called, and all she said was, Daddy's dead. Daddy's dead. She must have said it four or five times. I was stunned. I was speechless. Uh, it was such a long pause. I, I didn't even know what to say or what to do. I was just startled. I had seen him just a week before, and he seemed fine. We had spent the weekend up at my mom's house. Everything seemed fine, and now a week later, I get a phone call like this, and I was so stunned. I wasn't even crying yet, and come to find out that he passed away from a heart attack. Uh, at a subway in the subway bathroom about two miles from my mom's house, just right down the street from my mother's house. And I just didn't know what to say, didn't know what to do, ended the conversation. I just held my two kids, Max and Paige. I did my best not to break up in front of them because I didn't want to get them upset. And uh, when my wife came home from... Yeah. Seeing her dad's grave site, I gave her the news, and it was just a tears fest, to say the least. Just tears and tears and tears, and we tried to console each other, but that was that's a really rough day for both of us. And so now I had two family members. My uncle passed away at 46. My father-in-law passed away at 48, and then my dad passed away at 64. And at that time. My dad was the only person on his side of the family to live to their 60s. So just think about that. The only person on his side of the family to live to their 60s. I mean, I thought I was doomed. I just think I'm doomed. Bad genetics. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. But we went on. We went on and, you know, we moved along from that. And I went back to school and got my degree in exercise science and opened my gym in 1998. I had worked for uh, Petro Pantry, for those people who knew Petro Pantry, and they were bought out by DB Mart. Those are gas station convenience stores. And after nine years, we bought out Dairy Mart, and they decided not to promote me, so I left the company and went to work for Nordic Track because I thought I had exercise and retail experience. It's in October. I'm working for Nordic Track, and in January, they close all the retail outlets, so I'm without a job. And I said, you know what? The heck with this. I am going to take my degree, and I'm going to open a studio. Now, nobody opened small personal training studios back in 1998 in little rural towns like Burlington, Connecticut, but I had the mentality that I was going to do it. I was going to get it done, and I did, and I have for 21 years, but there was a significant point in time in this 21 years that really changed some things. In about the 15-year mark, I joined Results Fitness University and Alan and Rachel Cosgrove in California. They are a, a fitness coaching business, and they coach fitness facilities on how to run a, a small facility like my mind, my, my own. And during that changeover process, I did a little bit of rebranding and 
during the rebranding process to Yes Fitness, I learned that only 20%, 20% of our longevity is determined by our genetics. 80% is determined by lifestyle. And that was like, bingo, a light bulb went off in my head that I could make a change. I could do something in my life to help myself live longer and to help other people live longer. And that is the birth of Yes Fitness, younger every second, get fit, feel younger, and live better. So I, I just did not want for my children to not experience the special relationships that you have with grandfathers. None of my children knew either of their grandfathers. I knew one of my grandfathers on my mom's side. He, you know, we had a great relationship. He helped me build my first soapbox derby, he used to come to all our practices. They, my grandmother and grandfather would come up and visit every Sunday. We had a great relationship, but my children were never going to experience any of that because they didn't have their grandfathers. And here I am, 60 years old now, and I've almost lived half of my life without my dad. Dad died when I was 34. You know, my wife is going to live more than half of her life without her father. So I don't want that for my kids. I want to be able to see my kids get married. I want to be able to see my grandchildren. I want to be able to play with my grandchildren. I want to be able to live into my 70s, 80s, 90s and still get out there and enjoy doing things like playing tennis and golf and hike and do all that stuff. So that is my real drive right there for myself is not only live longer, but to be able to enjoy living longer, to be able to dance at my kids' weddings, be able to dance at maybe even my grandchildren's weddings. Who knows? But you can do something about that, and I'm doing something about that for myself, and I'm doing it for other people now at Yes Fitness. But one issue about Yes Fitness is I can only touch and reach out to the people in this small area. So what I've done now over the past six years, I have perfected my systems to help people live a longer, healthier, happy, active life. I have those systems developed and very soon we're going to be able to make those systems available to anyone, anyone in the world. We're going to be able to sell a product that will have the same proven systems that we've been using for years now to help people live a better life, to feel younger, to get fit, available to anyone that wants them, to be able to do it anywhere, at home, at work, at a gym. It'll address exercise, nutrition, restoration. There are every aspect. so that more people, look, I can touch more people's lives and help more people be able to live longer, healthier lives. So that's my story. Started a long time ago. It's my journey to help other people live longer. How did I know? I never knew that way back in 1969, that, that night would affect, you know, the rest of my life, that one incident, that such a, uh, a lasting impression on me, my dad crying like that. And, um, you know, my wife being so upset when her, her dad passed away at such a young age. 
and then me being upset when I passed away. And my kids really, and they say it, they never knew their grandfathers. They'll never know their grandfathers and never have those relationships. So it's what drives me. It's what makes me get up in the morning, go to work, and want to help others. So next week we have a special guest. Kim is going to come on board with us. She's going to talk to you about her journey. A woman that came to Yes Fitness to help reduce stress in her life, just to make herself feel better and move better. And I'm not sure if she'll go to admit it next week, but she took some time off to travel and had some things happen. And she admitted that she actually missed coming here and she actually missed exercise. So I'm going to see if I can get her to say that next week. But she's moving right along, and she'd like to talk to you about her journey. So if you want to tune into us next week, 3.30 on Tuesday, we'll be happy to share that with you. So that's it for today. Thanks for watching. And next week, we'll give more insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Have a great night.